Well, you know, it's so hard to believe that we are already into 2024. You know, um, what a year 2023 was. You know, I think a lot about it. You know, so many amazing things, you know, had happened. Number one, we finalized the adoption of our fifth child, um, which to me is a great celebration. Um, you know, I actually spent this year about 192 nights in hotels, um, which was not as great, but it was really going around and making sure that we're educating people people about foster care. You know, my next guest, when I heard about the organization that her and her husband had founded, um, it was just that light bulb moment. For me as a kid who aged out of the system and was homeless, um, there's nothing that saddens my heart more than when I hear about children who are sleeping in office buildings or kids who are literally, um, I just recently was visiting a place where um, there were kids like sleeping in a hotel and yeah, a hotel's okay, but they're kids, they need to be in a home. So without further ado, I want to introduce you all to my friend Jennifer Tice. Jennifer is the co-founder of LilyPad. Jennifer, welcome to Fostering Change. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Jennifer, let's start from the beginning. You know, okay. first of all, I got to tell you, so okay, before we even start from the beginning, I got to tell you, I love your children's names, Reese, Zach, and Eric. Um, my husband's name is Reese, spelled R-E-E-C-E. And when we were adopting our fourth child, um, yeah. he was a he was a baby. And my husband said, um, you know, we need to pick a name. And so yeah. I was like, by this time, I have four kids in three months, by the way. And I said, oh I'm exhausted. I was like, you, what name do you want? And he says, he says, I love the name Tristan. And I said, Oh, so do I. And he says, mm -hmm. and, and I said, but I love your name. I love the name Reese. And he's like, only if we can spell it R-H-Y-S. And so that's so really? crazy. So my son's name is Reese. Middle name is Reese R-H-Y-S. So, so, I had no idea. so how did you, how did you decide Reese? So that's my maiden name. I was Jennifer Reese, R-E-E-S. And then my grandmother, when I was growing up, like just, I don't know, she used R-H-Y-S for different things, you know, maybe passwords and stuff. And I was like, where'd that come from? And she told me that was how they spelled it, like in Wales and Scotland yeah. and, and our family ancestries from there. And so when we had our daughter, I asked my husband, I said, can we use the name Reese? It's my maiden name, but let's spell it R-H-Y-S. So, That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I I absolutely yeah. love that. Well, listen, let's jump into your organization, LilyPad. You're actually located yeah. in North Carolina, is that South Carolina? South Carolina, yeah. In South Carolina. Um, yeah. So, you know, I want to go right from the beginning. What made you decide to do this? And um, tell mm -hmm. us all about LilyPad. Okay, so my husband and I started as foster parents. We've been foster parents for 11 years in the state of South Carolina, we have um, adopted our sons through foster care here in South Carolina and also um, had like 40, I think we're at 40 children through our home and family. And um, we always, my background, I'm a registered nurse in labor and delivery. And I, we often were taking infants, sometimes infants that had to go through withdrawals or things like that. And um, that was something that we managed a lot. And my husband was in law enforcement. So he was on the other side. He was going into homes and having to do emergency protective custody situations. And so that's where we learned of the need of um, foster care. And um, we, I would say it was a few years ago, um, we had a child placed with us at the time who um, was going through reunification with her biological family. So she was gone on the weekends and we learned of 
specifically older children spending more time in the Department of Social Services offices waiting for placement. And so we reached out because the adoptions office here in the upstate of South Carolina is about five minutes down the road from us. And the Department of Social Services office is about five minutes down the road from us the other direction. And so we said, if there's going to be children in the office on the weekends, we may not be able to take them as permanent placement, but the room will be open. And so we, they can come stay here. Oh. So that's how we learned of uh, Ashlyn. So Ashlyn's story is pretty important to Lilypad. So we had a teenage girl they called us immediately you know a 15 year old teenage girl um, needs a place for the weekend and so she came to stay with us and we learned of Ashlyn's experience in foster care since the age of three and that she had been in and out of different foster homes she was one of four siblings um, she had always been placed with her sister her brothers had been adopted and she and her sister had actually been adopted and suffered abuse in their adoptive family and that just broke our hearts broke our hearts especially as an adoptive family. And um, when we learned of this, our whole family stepped in, my parents and my sister, who all live here locally. And we just said, this stops here. Um, they said they would help us keep the girls here in our home while we worked through their case as well. So we ended up having six children in our home. We moved Ashlyn's sister in because they had always been together and we didn't want them to be separated. And so we had Ashlyn Lauren our three kids, and then um, the other little girl we were fostering at the time. Wow. And um, yeah, so that's where it started. So Ashlyn shared with us her experience of, uh, you know, reporting her abuse and then being up all night and then being taken to the Department of Social Service office. She was exhausted, traumatized, and she fell asleep in her case manager's cubicle chair. And my husband and I had been looking for a way to serve even more children outside our home. And that's when the light bulb went off. I thought we, we can do better than that. We could at least go to our local office, see if they'll let us put in a couch, um, an entertainment system, you know, a rocking chair, something more comfortable for these kids during this time, whether they're spending hours waiting for a placement right. or they do have to be there overnight. Yeah. Um, so and you, you know what, Jennifer, I think people do not realize that, that, you know, the length of time that kids sit and, you know, no matter what you call them, you can call them rainbow rooms, you can call them hope houses. These are holding cells and mm -hmm. they are holding cells where, you know, I mean, I've met some girls just recently in, in one of our states where they've been there for two days, two days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is not acceptable that no. kids are coming in and, and, you know, first of all, you're, you're closing all of our group homes. Okay. Right. Because they're right. they're you know, and by the way, there are good group homes and there are bad group homes. Just like there are good mm -hmm. foster parents and they're bad foster parents, good adoptive parents and bad adoptive parents, good humans and bad humans. But, yeah. but the, the problem I have is when I hear about these kids who are, by the way, our kids that are right. like sleeping in a reclining chair, you know, sleeping right. in a, you know, an office chair. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there mm -hmm. was, there was, you know, just recently my family sent towels to a child welfare system because we found out that they had some kids sleeping in the office and they were sharing a towel, you know, oh. to clean up. I mean, this is the kind of crap that is going on in our right. country and people right. keep saying, oh, it's getting better. It's getting better. But I'm sorry to say it's not getting better fast enough. No, it's not getting any better. And even if the children are not spending overnights in the offices, they deserve a space prepared for them to make them feel like somebody loves them and somebody expected like 
I just can't imagine a child coming from what Ashlyn experienced, the trauma and coming into an office and then being like, this, this is better than what I was in. You know, the, the trauma they've already experienced and we're adding trauma. They're sitting in a case manager's cubicle, listening to rejection phone calls of this foster home can't take them or hearing their story retold or hearing other children's stories retold. And that just wasn't, we just couldn't have that. And that's where the idea of Lilypad came to be was um, let's create a space within our local office where these kids, when they get brought into the office, they automatically have a bed to lay down on, whether it's for a few hours or they, they are there overnight or um, a rocking chair. We spoke to an occupational therapist and she told us if a child could just rock in a rocking chair for five to 10 minutes, um, maybe a child that has sensory or therapeutic needs, they could rock in a rocking chair for five to 10 minutes. They can retain difficult information better. It can calm them down just like a, us as adults swinging on a porch swing or on a hammock. Yeah. So we include a rocking chair, um, weighted blankets, sensory toys. Um, we have an, an entertainment system, which like the whole setup. So they know somebody has prepared a place for them. They are loved. And the case managers, just like you were saying, there's good humans and bad humans. You know, there are great case managers, wonderful case managers and not good case managers. We know that. But the majority of the case managers that I come across love these children and want to serve them the best they can. And so the Lilypad spaces are giving them the tools to serve these children. I recently was in an office and a case manager approached me and she had tears in her eyes. And she told me of a story of a child who had just witnessed a murder. And she was able to bring that child into the Lilypad space. And he was able to curl up into the bed and fall asleep. And she said to be able to serve that child in that way just calmed her, took the trauma away from her of having to take care of this child um, yeah. during this time. So um, we're really thankful for the impact that the spaces are having, not just for the children, but for our professionals and Department of Social Services. Let me tell you something. This is something that I see that needs to be nationwide. Um, this is something that needs to be in every single county and every single state, because I'm telling you right now, it is happening in every single county it and is, every single is. state. You yeah, know. this is not just South Carolina. We have actually had over 20 states reach out to us about yeah. needing this in their state. And we're a young organization. We just started in March of 22. Wow. So wow. We are a very young organization, but we realized very early on the need is not just local to South Carolina. It's not. It's not. And like I said, I, I travel all over the country and I I go to these these child welfare centers and I meet a lot of these kids and their stories are literally heartbreaking. You know, um, it, it, especially when you look at the older children, you know, my husband and I in 2023, we adopted our fifth child. And when we when he came to live with us, he was 18. Um wow been in the system, and he was going to be one of these kids that was going to be thrown to the wayside, which is something mm -hmm. that we continue to keep doing to children. And when mm -hmm. we put them in these these situations where they don't feel secure, you know, and, and you know, I, I was talking to somebody and I said, you wonder why the statistics show that 80% of our death row inmates were in foster care? Because, right. yeah, because we have literally literally made them feel that they are the forgotten children, the not wanted children. And at the yes. end of the day, they actually yeah. come in because of a choice that someone else made. You know, Jennifer, I'm really, really big as a nonprofit, as a foster, as a foster 
as a pod host to push people to donate. Um, I want people to donate. I want people to go to your site. I want people to help. So tell me, how can people do that? Our website is lilypadinc.org and they can go right to our website. There is a donate button in the bottom right-hand corner and they can donate there. We're also, um, we have a presence on Instagram. <clears throat> Same thing, lilypadinc.org. Okay, well, listen up, everybody. Um, th this is what I'm asking for you to do. I, and I don't think that this is something that is too hard. $1 adds up to $2, which adds up to $5, which, by the way, $10, you can get a pillow. Okay, you so every plan. dollar... Every dollar counts, you know, yes. and for all of my friends and family who are in the South Carolina area, I'm assuming that, you know, if somebody wanted to donate a new bed, um, mm -hmm. we can make that happen. You know, yeah. what I would like to, to do for our organization at Comfort Cases is we would like to send some cases down um, to make sure that you have cases there for them. And our cases are new pajamas and toiletry yes. items and, you know, a book, a coloring book or a journal for the older kids. Kids. And that way, when the kids arrive, they're given this backpack and all these brand new items. So at mm -hmm. least they have something of their own in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've given out over 220,000 cases all over our country in every state. Mm -hmm. I want to connect yeah. with you and start having them at the lily pad. Yeah, let's do it. I would love I still see kids in South Carolina coming with trash bags. And like, there's a there's a bag in, in the storage closet down the hallway. And I'm like, come on now, we can do better than this. So I'd love to partner with you on that. And yeah. I agree with you. The statistics of why we see so much of our homeless population, our incarcerated population, um, being former foster youth is because we are not showing these kids that they are valued. They don't have a support system and they're ripe to be victims. And we can do better. Our communities, if they know about the need, can do better. I agree. Um, yeah. And I have to tell you the best part of this story with Lilypad as far as how I came to know. So the reason I share... Um, the girls' names, you know, I won't often share the names of our children in foster care, but Ashlyn and Lauren are very important. And Ashlyn is a key player in Lilypad because she not only shared her experience with us and she um, was partnering with us to help bring these changes, but my sister, you know, I told you my family stepped up and they wanted to help keep these girls safe while we waited for what their next steps were. And my husband and I were not in a position to adopt the girls, but my sister, who is four years older than me, never been married, didn't have any children. Um, she's always worked in the high school systems here in South Carolina. She fell in love with them immediately. It was evident to everybody. And she came to me and she said, if the girls need to be adopted, could I be considered as their adopted mom? And it makes me emotional talking about it. Oh too, my but gosh. I, yeah. So in March of this year, she adopted Ashlyn and Lauren. Yeah. And so they're together and they are still a part of our family and they're my nieces now. And it's been just an awesome way to see how God has worked to bring these girls into our lives to share what they've experienced um, and for us to be able to share their experience with our community and get our community involved to make a change for other kids coming after them, but then also to provide a mother for them through my sister. It's just been amazing. So. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tell you something <laughs> that is that is a story I never expected. That is a full circle moment. Oh my gosh. You know, I talk about it all the time about people who are good humans. Um, you, your husband, your sister, your family. I mean, you literally have changed their lives. I mean, you literally have changed. Well, they've changed our lives. 
That's what I say when people say yeah. that about my five kids. They they always say, I, they'll say, you know, you've changed your life. I'm like, no, they changed my life. I mean, totally yeah. changed my life. Yeah. Jennifer, I, I have to tell you, um, I, 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 I meet lots of people and I'm very, very fortunate, but I will tell you, I've never met anybody who's so genuine, pure as you are. And um, you have been put here for a reason. And I love the fact that you are taking that reason and you are making change with that. And that is some more that we need in this world, in this country. And we have to understand these children truly do deserve to be loved. And wow, your sister, I'm just I'm blown away by it. I mean, I'm just like literally. I, I'm like, I want you and your sister to come and be be, be on my podcast again because I just think that, that that yeah. whole feeling. You know, you know, I had I never met anyone who had done an older adoption, and so when we adopted our older son, you know, our other four kids came when they were six months, two, two, and four, and so. Okay. But when we adopted our older son, there was always that feeling. But I mean. It's almost like he's always been with me. He's always been my son. You know, he yeah. we're very bonded. My husband and him are very close to. He's close to his siblings. And I love yeah. the fact that, as you said, they are now your nieces. Listen, everybody, we all have an opportunity, an opportunity to make a difference in the life of a child. And I have said this, and I'll say this over and over. When you invest in a child, you actually invest in our future, not their future, our future because they are our leaders of tomorrow, our leaders of tomorrow. And do you want that leaders behind bars or do you want that leader to be productive and to make, make sure that they're productive? We have to be there for them. We have to be there for them. And I'm going to tell you, that's what Lily Pat is making them feel is that they, there's somebody there for them. Jennifer, we're going to have the link to your website Thank right you. on this. And so we were going to push people. We um, have over 300,000 followers through all of our sites. And we are going to be pushing people to donate, donate, donate. Because um, the fact is, is that I want to see this nationwide. I want to see you and yeah. I come back here in a year and you talk to me about how many other states have now opened up a lily pad. And by the way, mm -hmm. if there is anything that you ever need, you please reach out to me because I want to get comfort cases to you. I want to get comfort XLs to you. I want to get all the things that you need. But I also want to make sure that I'm here to let you know that, you know, we're an, we're an international nonprofit and I would be more than happy to do anything I can to see you grow what you have already started because every single county needs a lily pad. Everybody, until next time, it is 2024. I hope you're keeping those resolutions. Um, I try not to make many because I tend to break them all. But the one thing I do know is that I want to see change happen. Jennifer, thank you for being on Fostering Change. And until next time, everybody, continue to go out there and be a good human. Hey everybody, it's Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases, and thanks for tuning in to Fostering Change. You can actually watch a couple of episodes right here.